you know, it was the it was the old, especially the old English yeah. um, uh, rock bands, which there were a lot of back then, and uh, and so we used to go to concerts and things like that together as well. But that was that was me, and I always had this dream of um, growing my hair, Long hair like yeah. you saw on the, you saw on the uh, you see on the uh, album covers. And my problem with my hair is my hair doesn't grow like that; it grows like that. <laughs> so I. <laughs> uh, it's always been one of my least they grow on you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that was that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have talked about hair, should I? <laughs> Don't worry, I had the dream. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here, episode five, guys. Welcome back. Uh, today we have John Parkhaus, CEO of PwC Luxembourg. Good Thank, afternoon. Thanks a lot thanks for, for coming, coming. Uh, to our little show. Pleasure. Um, as usual, as usual, like Giacomo, we'll start with the, the question. So, who are you today? How would you find John today? How would you find me? As in, de how do I feel? Define. How would, <laughs> how you would define? I define John today? Wow. Um, I thought this was going to be a nice, gentle little chat. And I'm like, now, now I have to think on a Saturday. Right and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's quite a challenge. How would I define me? Um, I, think, I think somebody that um, uh, is, uh, um, uh, you know, somebody that's quite passionate, somebody that, that, that uh, loves doing what they love to do, right? And, and I'm fortunate enough that my job is something I love to do. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough to have a great family, um, and uh, and I can spend time doing stuff that I like to do. So it's, but I'm passionate about what I do, um, and I um, I'm sort of uh, noted as being very excited about uh, about about what I do as well. So um, uh, I think it's somebody that um, tries to be kind to people, tries to tries to sort of always think about how other people are. are um, are uh, sort of receiving what I'm doing. Um, somebody that uh, is probably not as sporty as they should be um, and uh, probably enjoys life a little bit too much, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, and um, somebody that loves living in Luxembourg. Oh, cool, cool. Because okay. actually, uh, so basically since inception, right? The f I mean, the first 90 we thought about making this podcast Okay, there was a lot of gene involved, but it's, it's okay. We, yeah, we, and unfortunately, we're doing it at lunchtime on yeah. Saturday, so there's yeah. no gin involved today. today and my guys. coffee and my sparkling water. Yeah. Thank you. De detox, <laughs> detox, right? Detox today, yeah. Um, no, but like a little, I mean, fun fact, a bit of fun girling because, I mean, we thought, okay, who do we want to interview first? And we said, it has to be John, right? It has to be yeah. John. There and, we go. Okay, so second one. It's Elon Musk. So oh, there we, we, go. we are working on it. We are working on it. But even to get you was a bit... Um, uh, it was a yeah. little bit of a challenge, yeah? Apparently yeah. you're a bit busy. But uh, apparently I'm a little I, bit busy. I don't busy. know why, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. How come you're that busy? I, I, I just... I blame my, my uh, PA. That's oh. it. She, she just doesn't manage my agenda <laughs> well enough, I think. Which is very unfair. So uh, tell us. So um, where, where do you come from? So um, I grew up in a small village in, uh, in the middle of England, in a county called Northamptonshire, a small village called Isham, um, and uh, went to school around there, 
um, and uh, essentially left there uh, when I went to university uh, at about 18. Um, and then I uh, s- sort of did my uh, university time. I actually did a physics degree. Uh, I mean, at the time, oh. I, that was, oh. I was really interested in physics at school, got to university and realized I actually didn't have the, the maths to, <laughs> to, to cope. Um, uh, but I managed to get through three years of physics, Okay. Uh, graduated there, and then it was like, well, what do I do now? Um, and I was looking for lots of jobs and, um, and back then, um, you know, if you, well, you wouldn't remember, but back then, basically all of the application forms, they were all manual fill out. Um, there were lots of pages. And, uh, if you made an error, you basically had to start again. It was, so I was, I, I spent a whole term virtually filling out application forms. And, um, uh, I remember going into an, a, a friend's apartment, uh, um, uh, one day and, and he was filling out an application form that was one piece of paper. So it was, uh, um, two sides, one piece of paper. And it was like, I don't care what that's for. I want to fill it in. And it was for an accounting firm, not actually PwC at the time. Um, so I filled it in a few days later, they offered me a job. And, uh, and that's then how I then moved away from basically, uh, my, my, uh, where I was um and uh trained in a place called milton Keynes in um in the uk okay and uh so how was your childhood like uh what were your passions at the time what were you doing like how be- before moving to university but you studied in london no 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 i studied uh i studied at the uh, university of warwick yeah which everybody knows for business yeah yeah so uh you know there's actually a lot of people here in luxembourg that are warwick alumni but they're usually mba oh, okay. okay yeah um so i went there for undergrad so it was famous for business and so yeah. if you wanted to do business at warwick you had to be very very good it wasn't famous for physics so oh. actually uh <laughs> i was able to get in to do physics so i was there um but passions as i uh, as a child I'm not sure I'd have described myself as a very passionate child. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I guess um, as I was uh, growing up, um, the thing I actually really liked to do when I was um, sort of uh, between like the age of 12 and 16, um, there, there was sort of a small gang of us in, in, the, uh, in the village. There's probably um, six or seven kids hanging around. Um, and... It, this is really not very exciting, right? <laughs> so there was one particular friend that I used to war game with. So we would basically uh, re- re- um, recreate battles with the little soldiers, okay. uh, Napoleonic and uh, World War II. Um, and then a friend of mine, he used to live uh, at the uh, manor house in the village. Okay. So the big sort of uh, um, manor house. And, he, and uh, um, his parents had a cellar. So we would basically sit in the cellar Uh, we would drink this beer that we would make ourselves, this homemade home, homemade br- beer, which was very, very dangerous. Um, <laughs> we would listen to heavy metal music oh. and we would play bridge. Oh. So bridge? Bridge. bridge. Ah, okay, card game, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and if you think back, you know, it was like, I was like 16, 17, 18 years old. So most kids are out, you know, nightclubs and pulling girls yeah. and all this sort of stuff. I'm sat there with my buddies in a cellar um, listening to heavy metal and uh, learning how to play bridge. And, and what so, were you listening to? Uh, it was uh, back then, it would have been a lot of ACDC because oh, nice. uh, that was their prime time. Meatloaf was another big yeah. one. 
Um, and uh, you had like Saxon Iron Maiden. You know, it was the it was the old, especially the old English yeah. um, uh, rock bands, which there were a lot of back then. And uh, and so we used to go to concerts and things like that together as well. But that was that was me. And I always had this dream of um, growing my hair, hair like yeah. you saw on the, you saw on the uh, you see on the uh, album covers. And my problem with my hair is my hair doesn't grow like that. It grows like that. <laughs> so I. Uh, it's always been one of my least they grow on you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that is that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have talked about hair, should I? <laughs> Don't worry, I had the dream. Yeah. <laughs> so you're really good at, at bridge. I wouldn't say I'm good, but actually, it's the card game I love the most. I like poker, um, but uh, but bridge is uh, it's a fantastic card, and actually, still today. You know, uh, when I have a couple of minutes and I need to clear my mind, I've got a little bridge game on my mm. phone, and that's that's what I play. Right, I'll, okay. I'll do a couple of couple of bridge hands, okay. and I actually, I'd love to set up a pop bridge at um, at PwC. Yeah. It's just I know that if I'd set it if I set it up, that I would probably never get to attend. So I it <laughs> just it, it it just would be stupid to to set up. But I, I, that would be great if I found yeah. some fellow I, bridge I never players. Played, I never played bridge actually. It is uh, the best yeah, card game. Is it hard to learn or? It's, uh, uh, I would say it's easy-ish to learn, but it takes a lifetime to master because mm. the basics you can get to, not too difficult, but um, the complexities of yeah. it are, um, uh, I'm still learning. Let's yeah, it's like. like poker, it's really easy to play the first time, but uh, to master mm. it, it really yeah. takes a lifetime. Yeah, but uh, it's, uh, it's a great game. It's a great game. Okay, I see. It's the same, we have something similar in, uh, in, in Italy. It's like called Briscola. Mm -hmm. Actually, to my... <laughs> it's probably not that similar, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Just so, like you see like old people, yeah, you old know, people in playing. the villages mm. and saying bad words. Yeah, it's, it's wearing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the louder, the, the, you know, the stronger the card. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like exactly. this in the middle of the street and it's so funny to, to watch them. And it's actually not that played that much nowadays because you know younger generation is like uh, mm. losing a bit. So yeah. it's a pity actually, but um, yeah. Uh, the young, the younger generation generally becomes the older generation, and then they'll <laughs> still be sitting around in <laughs> fifty let, years let, time. Yeah, let, let's <laughs> see in um, yeah. thirty, forty years we're playing briscola <laughs> in the street. <laughs> I mean, you lost your hair already, so you're there. You go. You step closer, Most right? Of the way yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tough crowd here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Tough Fair crowd. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Don't worry. I'll yeah. Yeah. You later. <laughs> so. So and hair uh, hair talking. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So back back in high school, you were um, what like pushed you to go for physics? Like. Uh, um. Well. Well. Firstly, I I actually didn't want to stay at school. So as a as um uh you know um. Uh, up until 16 so in in the uk you can you can finish school at 16 when you do oh, what okay. they call o levels back then yeah i think they're gcse's now i think may have changed again and then you can either leave or you have the option to stay on and do a levels right so like okay. the ib equivalent so i never wanted to um to stay um and uh, actually so I was looking for a job when i was 16 and it was a bad time to be looking for a job in the uk um I went for a a job on 
something I'd always wanted to do. And maybe I'll tell you that story in a bit because it was a lesson learned. Um, and um, uh, and I ended up not being able to get a job. So um, I ended up staying on to do my A-levels. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, uh, and basically one of the, because I didn't do that well in my, uh, in my uh, um, first round of exams, um, and, uh, uh, one of the things I always really enjoyed was physics. So I was okay. always good at maths and I was good at physics, okay. and, which is why I thought actually accounting wasn't too bad because I'm sort of like, okay, I'm sort of good with numbers. So, yeah. so I'll give it a try type thing. Um, so I, I studied that at, um, at a level. Um, and, and actually just to give you an indication as to my sort of early days in senior school, um, uh, essentially, when I when I uh, went on to do my A levels, uh, I was sort of appointed as head boy. So this is like the, oh, the, the yeah. top prefect, right? And I remember the uh, the headmaster explaining to me once. He's like, "Well, you know, the reason I I picked you is that um, uh, you're you were one of the few students that I knew because in the first part of my school career." I was always the guy standing outside his office <laughs> <laughs> waiting to get talked to, shall we say. Um, so, uh, so it was uh, a, an interesting first few years that I had. I was uh, not, not a, not a uh, perfect student, shall we say. You were popular at the time, I right? I was popular with the, uh, the headmaster, that's for sure. Okay. He seemed to want to see me a lot for some reason. Um, <laughs> but then uh, basically I, uh, I, I did the, um, uh, the A-levels and actually that's where I really flourished at school. I think that was like my best time at school um, and um, really enjoyed it. And so that's where I decided, okay, yeah, I'll go on to university. And, and the, the advice I was given was, well, if you enjoy physics, you're good at maths, then go ahead and, uh, and, and give that a try. Um, so that's how I ended up doing physics. And it's always fascinated me. I actually wanted to be, if you, if, if you think about sort of the job I wanted to be as I was growing up, I wanted to be an astronomer, uh. right? But astronomers are super smart and and actually it's only when you study physics or, or that sort of thing that you realize how super smart these people are in mm -hmm. terms of that the, the level of maths uh that they need to be able to do what they do it's incredible and yeah. when you are like filling application and everything and you told us that uh you filled this application it was like pwc no, it no, was, was, it was, was another. It was another another accounting firm. Accounting, accounting firm, like uh, you went for it directly, or yeah, yeah. they basically I, I I sent it in. They they uh, they came back and gave me an interview date. So I, I and actually that was that was uh, that really impressed me because they gave me an interview date. Um, so I went in for the interview on the Friday, and on the Monday in my pigeonhole was an offer letter, oh. and I was like, whoa. And I'm still trying to get my guys to be able to replicate that here today, <laughs> right? Um, but um, uh, but so yeah, there was an offer letter, and uh, and then and then it was like, okay, that's good. I've got a job secured. Now I'll find a job that I really want to do. Mm -hmm. Then you obviously know how university life is, and uh, you don't really prioritize the things you maybe should prioritize. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I ended up not getting an, uh, not finding anything else, and and going to join uh, KPMG actually. Oh, okay. KPMG Pete Murray okay. McClintock, it was called then. Oh. And I, I joined them on the 22nd of September, 1988. Whoa. And for how many years you stayed in KPMG? Uh, well, I stayed in KPMG until 91 uh, when I qualified. Um, and actually, 
uh, one of the things that I'd sort of decided on when I went to KPMG was I always, I wanted to go abroad. I wanted to travel. Mm. And actually the job I'd gone for, gone for um, uh, when I was uh, 15, 16 was, was to serve in the merchant Navy to actually oh. work on an oil okay. tanker. Um, and um, so I'd always wanted to travel. And uh, um, basically what happened was that um, when, I, when I qualified, um, that was sort of the, the plan. I was going to get my exams in the UK and then, and then I was actually going to go to the United States. That was sort of what I'd been discussing and it was all planned. But that year was a very, very bad year for the economy. And so there were a lot of people being laid off. Okay. Um, and so to give you an idea, um, in my office, because I, was, I, well, I wasn't in London, I was in a regional office uh, in Milton Keynes. Um, my, in, in my year, there were like about 22 people um, uh, between, uh, you know, within a year of me. Um, and I always remember this, you know, uh, I was out at a client with, with two of my peers and then a team. Uh, as a senior, and um, phone call came in. One of them got called back, no job, right? And then somebody else called and said, "Hey, they're calling people in to fire them, right?" And and um, and so the other colleague got called back, gone. So so out of those twenty-two within a year of me, there were two of us left. It was like decimation and then kpmg basically said to me well you know this thing about the us we need you to stay here now because we don't have anybody else right mm -hmm. um and i'm i'm sort of like well you just fired all my friends and uh now you want me to stay here so i then started looking for a job mm -hmm. and uh and i saw this this um advert for uh, price waterhouse um and i still remember it. it was on the back of the accountancy magazine that uh was sort of uh, required reading as a as a young accountant um and uh it was a picture of uh, the statue of liberty and it was like come to the land of opportunity or something like that mm -hmm. and i was like wow that'd be great so i i i uh, i wrote in and um applied and actually it was one of my real claims to fame because what happened was um uh, kpmg were not the only firm that were laying people off i mean all of the big firms were were laying lots of people off and at the time, what Price Waterhouse were, were saying was, they were saying, um, uh, you know, we have no work for you here, but, you know, if you want to go to the States for two years and then you can come back, right? And that was the, the program. Oh, okay. So you go on yeah. this program. So normally on this program that I applied for, normally they, they basically took people internally and externally to go to the US. And the, uh, the year I did it, uh, I was the only non-price waterhouse person on the program oh. and i was like wow i only found that out afterwards and um and it's actually how i ended up um in a way it's how i ended up getting to luxembourg because i then went to new york and um uh basically everybody else on the program had already got their network they already knew people in the states and they were sort of asked where do you want to go and and what specialism do you want to go in and, you know, it'd be like banks or technology or whatever. The one thing nobody wanted to do was mutual funds, right? Mm -hmm. So the one thing I got given <laughs> was mutual funds. And, yeah. uh, and growing up in the middle of England, um, I'd never 
gone their financial services. My yeah. my clients were like shoemakers, brewers, baking oh, yeah. companies, operational companies, operational right? Companies, right? Yeah, 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 just just yeah. real companies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the real economy. Uh, and I used to I and I, I remember one one year one of my my favorite things I did was I did a stock take uh, of pubs in the UK. Oh, so okay. basically, I spent a week going around different pubs, uh, and some of them I stayed overnight. And, uh, you had to count the, the beer and the, the cellar that they had, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, that's a, so anyway, so that, that got me to New York. Um, I did, yeah, two years, two years in New York. And whilst I was in New York, um, I was doing a lot of work in the Caribbean. So I basically started do, doing hedge funds and they were pretty funky hedge funds for the time. <laughs> if you think this was, this was like 91, 92 through 94, um, and there was a lot of mortgage-backed stuff. It was really, really a bit, bit funky. They were shorting uh, a lot. Uh, the they were. They were. It was like a lot of short. Uh, it was um, interest-only securities, IOs, POs. So all these strip securities, all these mortgage backs. Yeah, they were leveraged up to the hilt, massive leverage. Um, and it was uh, it was fascinating. All these interest rate swaps. And the the, the unfortunately, the client that I was mainly working for, um, they basically did everything the wrong way. Versus where interest rate. So these funds were just annihilated. You know, they issued like a nominal of a hundred grand per note, um, and within about um, eighteen months, or no, within about yeah, eighteen months, two years, they were down to fifteen to twenty, and it was just a bloodbath. But anyway, I was auditing the damn things, and um, uh, I ended up uh, um, so I was doing a lot in the Caribbean, and uh, you know these audits were really complicated. Um, and it was really the early days of all these derivatives and this sort of mm. stuff. And it would probably take me about six months to get an audit of this fund done in the Caribbean, right? Nightmare. I came to Luxembourg. There were two of them in Luxembourg. I came to Luxembourg with Chase Manhattan. They were doing the administration down in uh, Rue Platis, down in the Grund. And uh, uh, two funds in two weeks, done. <laughs> We were. I Is was leaving been... Luxembourg with the final draft of financial statements. I was like, "Wow, these guys know their stuff, right?" <laughs> I was. I was like super impressed. And then when it came to the end of my tour, um, essentially, I I, uh, I had to make the decision whether to stay in Luxembourg or uh, stay in the U.S. or or, or leave. And my then girlfriend, now wife, didn't want to come to the states. She was mm. still in the U.K. So it was like, okay. And, and her, her comment was, well, if you want to stay in the States, that's fine. But then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do, you're doing it on your own. Uh, and uh, I didn't really want to come back to the UK. Um, and uh -huh. so Luxembourg was sort of a compromise where I could sort of say to her, let's come to Luxembourg for two years and, uh, you know, we'll try that out. It's a pretty cool place. They know funds. And actually, whilst I was here, uh, when I was doing the audits from New York, it was like May and September very nice months be sitting outside on the terrace little espresso little cigarette perfect that's <laughs> when before moving um let's take like a step back um mm -hmm. before moving to us like what was your motivation to go abroad and when you arrived in us i think uh 30 years ago it's really different from now what was like the um, the um, different the differences between uk uh, it was it, and it, US? It was so if you if you think about it, um, uh, so firstly, my motivation. I mean, uh, growing up as a uh, uh, growing up in the middle of England, uh, we didn't really travel right outside the UK. Um, 
my uh, my dad was a was a policeman. My mum was a teacher, so it was a very blue collar, mm-hmm. as we'd call it in yeah, yeah. In, in in England, uh, blue collar upbringing. Very very, st- you know. So, uh, gr- I mean, it was a great childhood, right? I mean, uh, parents worked hard. They were, you know, uh, so so oftentimes they weren't there, but but still, it was a very sort of close knit family. Um, and, um, you know, I, I guess I've always loved maps. My, my father was really into sort of geography and, you know, so, so there was always like this, um, you know, this, this air of, of places that we've never seen and we'd mm. love to explore. And even today, when I go to airports, I love looking at the departure screen and thinking, mm. oh, well, the board. Marrakesh or Sao Paulo, or, <laughs> you know, you're just like, great great sounding cities so mm. and i it's one of the things i still love and it's been such a shame over covid it's mm. it's i i love traveling and, and and that's one of the things this job has has, has really given me uh, not just the role i'm in now but but my career with pwc has just been amazing like that so i've always had this sort of yearning to explore if you like and 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 see different things and 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 experience different cultures so i i really was like it's not just about visiting but actually living there um and actually one of the things i sort of still have on my list is i've never lived in asia you know i've, mm. I've lived in europe and the uk i've lived in the americas but i've never lived in asia i've visited a lot of times but um so that might still be out there at some point um but then in terms of the difference uh, you know, if you imagine that that I'd sort of grown up, I mean, going down to London was a big deal. I, I remember the first few times going down to London, I'll be walking on the street, and because I grew up in a village, it's like you, I, I'm saying hello to people, right? It's like, hello, <laughs> hello, and they're like all these people, sort of like, who, who is this? this who is this strange person? And and uh, and then I, I'll, I'll always remember the. Um, uh, the, uh, the the trip to the States. So I'd never been to America, right? So the first time I go to the US is when I go there to live, right? Um, and uh, so I'm sort of getting getting prepared. I've never, never been, I'd, I'd been on uh, like a, a couple of flights to like ski trips, right? Mm-hmm. That was it. So I'd never been long haul, actually Italy. So I, was, uh, I, I used to ski in Italy, uh, like uh, in the sixth form. So that was, uh, um, so so. Um, first of all, I, I remember calling up and sort of saying, you know, is there a way to get sort of upgraded or anything like that? And, um, and they're like, well, turn up. And if you look smart, then maybe they'll they'll do that. That was sort of like, and I was all excited because it was this, this uh, um, big trip type thing. And... Um, uh, and I remember turning up and I'd got a blazer on and she knows I was like, uh, not Italian sharp, but I was English, English sharp. <laughs> English. Right? Um, and sure enough, they upgraded me. It was great. So I'm, I'm going to, to New York, this place and, and, and I get upgraded to business class. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> and, and, and the nightmare was I basically get into business class. I'm like, wow, look at this, like, like all these malt whiskies and, uh, you know, so I end up like, yeah, drinking and eating yeah yeah quite quite well and i i get i get to new york and i remember the uh the the the, the story because there basically there was a mentor that was welcoming you in mm. new york so it's basically the guy that had been there the year before me uh, a guy from yorkshire i'll, I'll always remember him and he, he he told me afterwards he basically had come to the airport to meet me and he's standing there and we talked a lot on the phone 
And obviously we didn't have video conference back then, mm. right? So we talked a lot on the phone. <clears throat> and so he's standing there waiting for me at arrivals and he's looking around and he's like, ah, yeah, um, I don't actually know what this guy looks like. And, every, and there's all these other people there with these cards, right? There's, oh, yeah, there's yeah. a card with the names yeah, yeah. on, right? And says, oh, I should have done a, I should have done a card, right? And, um, uh, 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 and so he starts looking around. He's like, okay, I, I need to get a bit of paper or something and put this guy's name on so actually he can see who it is. And then at that point, he said to me after, he said, I come sort of swerving through the arrivals, <laughs> bump into somebody's um, trolley and knock yeah. their suitcase off. And he's like, that looks like John. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. So that was, uh, so I got in on a Saturday and then we were staying in a hotel on 5th, Del Monaco's, Hotel Del Monaco's. Um, and I always remember waking up really early Sunday morning because obviously with the time zone. Channeling, yeah. And, uh, um, and, and, and just going out on Fifth Avenue and thinking, mm. wow, it's like the movies, right? <laughs> so you've got yellow cabs going around. You've got, you know, the steam coming up through the grates. Yeah. And that first day, that first Sunday, I, I honestly, I was just, I was just walked, walking around the city pretty much all day. Like, oh my God, this is just incredible. And, and, um, and to this day, I'll remember that uh, that 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 first day. It's uh, and 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 New York is such a such a place of um, uh, uh, it's just just sort of how you imagine, you mm. know, like your, your sort of metropolis should be, um, you know, busy all the time. I remember finishing the finishing work once, uh, and leaving the office at about four a.m. on oh. a Wednesday morning, walking back to my apartment up Third Avenue. And the traffic was jammed at 4 a.m. And I'm like, oh my god, right? And I'm not saying every every 4 a.m. the traffic's jammed in New York. That's that's not what I'm saying. But but that was that was a sort of like I remember that experience, looking at it and thinking, wow, this place is nuts. It's incredible, um, and it's uh, it's a it's a city I I always have in my heart. That's that's like the big city that that yeah. the city. Yeah, it's. Um, it's uh, and I actually have a theory about it because because it, it's so different in my experience to any other city I've, I've visited because the energy you sort of feel the energy when you when you cross right when you go in and and the theory I've got is that if you go to any other city right or any other city I've been to you know you come in from the airport or wherever you're coming in from you're sort of driving into the city and basically it builds up and then you get to the center and it may be sort of like glass and steel or old buildings or whatever it is, right? But it builds up, gets busier and busier, et cetera. That's not New York. New York, you've basically got nothing, right? You've got boring suburbia, nothing happening. Then you cross a bridge or go through a tunnel and it's full on. It's crammed on this island, right? So it's like, it's, and, and, and that, and I think that that has a lot to do with, you know, because as soon as you get onto that island, you feel yeah. it, right? It's 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 Manhattan. It's yeah, uh, yeah. it's amazing. I'm talking really a lot here, so I just no, no, I don't want to. It's fine. Like uh, you can talk all day, you know. <laughs> and uh, and how was your um, like your daily life? I guess like workload was a lot, but um, what did you enjoy to do back then and back there? I mean, it was uh, it was it was nuts. 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, we had a. Um, uh, it was very much a work hard, play hard. I mean, my standard d- working day in New York would have been in at seven, leave at ten, right? Um, bar till two, in at seven, work till ten, bar till two, in <laughs> at seven. That was it. Yeah, I was, um, uh, and, and I actually remember. Um, in my first first sort of uh, stint up until Christmas, so I was just going home for Christmas uh, that um, uh, the following day, and I was in with the friend and some friends, and I remember I basically uh, drunk my my second gin and tonic, um, so I was on gin and tonic even back yeah. then, yeah, um, and uh, uh, and um, just sort of just about to get my third, and they they were big gin and tonics because it was um, and uh, and, and then I actually, uh, yeah, <laughs> I actually was like. Wow, you know what? I don't feel a thing. I think maybe I uh, <laughs> I need to calm down, and um, uh, and so yeah, that Christmas I just detoxed, which is the, I think my my only ever detox at Christmas <laughs> was that. We know the uh, feeling. Uh, as well. But it was it was great. And so basically, when I was in the states, uh, you know, it was I had some really great friends. My and my friends mainly were local friends. It wasn't really the expats. Um, so the 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 expat community they sort of hung out quite a lot together. But because the the group I was in and the mutual fund group, you know, we were often traveling. So we were working a lot in Boston. And then, as I said, in the Caribbean, et cetera. So we were quite, it was quite a tight knit group. And so I built really good friends there. And honestly, um, it's one of the fantastic things about, about New York is when I go back is, you know, many of the people I grew up with as senior are partners and actually senior partners now yeah very senior partners so yeah. it's 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 like going home right but but that meant that that i was doing quite a lot of stuff that was local so you know we go and hang out at the ball game in the in the, in the summer you know we do the basketball we do the 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 football and um you know so weekends were were, were quite nice but sunday mornings was always like uh, bagels and the new york times and uh, <laughs> um and then maybe up to central park and i used to just love getting out and walking like on a Sunday for me, that was my 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 moment where I spent a bit of time for myself, and I'd just you know walk, find a museum. You know, I, uh, you know, I used to like like going to some of these museums and just just find obviously the big ones I'd explore, but then the other ones, I just walk and walk and walk, and that's one of the great things about New York. What mm-hmm. what is like yeah? What is like uh, for you like the best thing about New York about living there? Um, yeah. I. First of all, I'll preface it by saying it's the only city I've lived in, right? I, I mean, I don't really classify Luxembourg as a as a full-on city, right? <laughs> um, but uh, but I I think um, like if I ask you, I want I would like to go to New York. Uh, why should I go there? Like, what is the best thing that I could find there? I mean, I I I, I think uh, why do I love New York? So, i mean i think the energy is 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 a big part of it because really it's there's always something going on it really is that you know this the, the city that never sleeps it really is mm-hmm. the city that never sleeps um and there's there's so many different parts to new york there's so many different areas for me as well it's easy to find my way around because you've got the grid system <laughs> <Yeah>. so it's, <laughs> it's it's um uh and uh and and i i think from a from a business perspective it's like the hub right mm-hmm. it's the place to be 
Um, and uh, and then from a personal perspective, there's 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 something for everybody to just have an amazing time. It's mm-hmm. just it's just the city. That city is just for me um, uh, just an incredible place to be. And like um, you told us that uh, you were with your wife at the time, girlfriend. Yeah. And she she uh, she went in like she came in New York to, to visit. visit yeah. To visit, yeah. but not to live. Okay. okay, and how was for her? Like, uh, she liked the city. She liked your lifestyle. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, she she liked New York. I didn't. I think she didn't love New York, right? Okay, and and, um, and uh, she was somebody uh, opposite to me. She never really wanted to travel. She was very happy in England, right? Mm-hmm. She likes to travel to visit, but never really had that yearning to to go and. Um, Uh, live somewhere different and explore a different culture um and uh and and so you know she was sort of it's okay right it's okay um but uh but yeah and it was it was nice when i was there i could then also you know the other thing that that we do is sort of explore different cities so you know i took i we spent a lot of time in boston obviously but you know chicago which is another fantastic city new orleans amazing place that was mm. pre-katrina obviously i haven't been back since um since katrina but uh um a, a great place to to go um uh you know san francisco los angeles, los angeles. love los angeles so you know there's these di- all these different spots around uh, uh around the u.s um and you know i i think people people also give the americans a bit of a hard time because i think you know sort of joke well you know lots of americans don't even have passports Um, but you know, actually, if you live in the U.S., you don't need a passport, right? You've got the uh, mountains, you've got the beach, you've got the cities, you've got the wide open spaces, you know. Yes. And it's uh, um, so it, it's uh, it was it was a great great uh, two years, and I packed a lot into two years. And after U.S., uh, you 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 went directly to Luxembourg. Yeah, you didn't go back to England. No, nope. no, it's basically I I I think I had a, like a two week window. Uh, where I was in the UK, just getting my my stuff sorted out, um, and then started in Luxembourg June first, nineteen And you moved directly here with your wife. Yeah. Okay. So we'd never lived together, right? We never lived so together. So we we were we were dating each other when uh, in the UK, okay, yeah. and then this opportunity came up, and and she was actually uh, also an accountant, uh, or she is also an accountant, and um, uh, she was studying for her exam, so she couldn't leave. Right, so she had to finish her exams, um, and um, and then that was really a hard one, right? It was sort of like, mm-hmm. and I, I, actually, she was fantastic because she sort of said, "Look, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be, and and you know, if you don't take this opportunity, you'll always regret it." Yeah, you'll always wonder what would, what if, right? Mm-hmm. What if? Um, and and there's 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 no way I'd be here today if I hadn't taken that 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 uh, that joy. It's just just inconceivable. I would have basically carried on in the UK and uh, um, probably would have settled down somewhere and been very happy in the middle of England. But but because um, that was sort of where my wife was from, and she was very happy there, very close to her family. She's from the same area that. Uh, yeah, you know? so she's uh, she grew up probably about um, uh, I don't know half an hour. 40 minutes from where I grew up but you know we met actually um <clears throat> on an on an accountancy training course so we were both <laughs> studying the exams and uh and she was uh she was a very diligent student and I wasn't a very diligent student okay <laughs> and and what happened was I'd actually failed my previous exams 
um, and and in the UK certainly at the time, and I think it's still the same now. Basically, um, if you fail your exams, you probably get one more chance, and if you fail again, then you're out of a job, right? Because oh. because it costs a lot for the firms to train you, right? It's a lot of time. So certainly, if you're with a big firm, you don't you don't have many chances. So I'd failed, and this was my if I failed again, I was out of a job and I would have not known what I was going to do, right? So it was really important. And I sort of remember that- An astronomer, maybe. Yeah, sorry? <laughs> an astronomer, maybe. No, no, because you have to be really smart to be an astronomer, remember? <laughs> I, 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 did point, I did point that out, right? So, so um, uh, I remember, you know, normally I was the guy sitting at the back, right? Okay. During the courses, <laughs> right? And just hanging out and you know, da, 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 yeah, having a laugh. This time I sat right at the front. Right, I got, I went in and I sat right at the front with the um, the SWATs or the the very diligent people, and um, and uh, my wife was in the second row, so she sat and and stared at the back of my neck for six weeks. So it's a, it's a great neck actually. You should, uh, I I I wish you could I wish you could put it on the. You're not uh, married, the thanks to your yeah. neck. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and it was uh, and and that was that was how we met. And actually, I'm not sure I would have met her if I hadn't have been, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, saying I have to pass these exams, and uh, um, so that was uh, yeah, that was how we met. You know, like nowadays, it's really hard to find like uh, a person that uh, is with you, and even if you're like uh, distance and everything, yeah. because now you can be the chat and everything. You can do Skype. I think at the time was a bit different. Like yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was like no. Um, you phone, were doing phone calls, or how were you communicating? When I, when I was in the States, yeah. I have to say that's probably the thing that kept us together. So actually... Not talking. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> and we actually did break up and get back together a couple of times uh -huh. long distance. Um, but the one thing that, that I did was I, I, I spoke to her every day. Oh. So uh, uh, essentially it was, uh, you, know, I'd, you know, if I was getting in at, at one or two in the morning, um, then I'd call her. As she was, as was, as, as she was going to work, right? Okay. And then you know, vice versa. So basically, we just chatted each day, and it wasn't like we'd agreed we'll chat each day. It wasn't like oh, we have to do this to stay together. Right. It was just just what Normally, sort of happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was like oh, how are you doing? And actually, even when we agreed that we should split up, uh, it's like okay, you know, and she was dating someone. I was sort of dating someone as well, and 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 so it was like okay, but you know, but we carried on talking. And then we sort of oh. got back to it. So it was, when I look it back, it was, it was, to, it, was so, it was sort of, I guess, sort of quote unquote meant to be, but it's, um, uh, but yeah, that's, it, it was just normal that we just carried on uh, connecting. Mm -hmm. And what was, I mean, the biggest struggle that you, I mean, in order to adapt to New York or to the US culture, what was the toughest thing for you? Um, toughest thing for me was the work. Right, because oh. I, um, uh, I, I said I had no clue on on financial services, mutual funds. Never heard of mutual funds. Right, mm -hmm. um, and um, I mean to give you an example, uh, I think the only I had sort of heard of Goldman Sachs. Mm -hmm. Right, J.P. Morgan. Never heard of J.P. Morgan. <laughs> right, that was uh, you know that was me growing up in the middle of it. Yeah, back in your case. Yeah. I, and and so I was so divorced from that world. It was unbelievable. And actually it's something that that I try not to forget because you you you're a man in the street 
that's uh, that's that's not reading the business news and whatever. Mm. I mean, when would they ever come across a J.P. Morgan? Whereas for yeah. us, it's like pervasive, right? I mean, everybody knows J.P. Morgan, right? Um, and uh, and so you know, I was coming from that sort of distance, um, and you know, I was sort of an okay auditor, right? I was never one of the rock stars. Uh, I, I enjoyed what I did, and I, I I really liked dealing with people, and that's that's why I've really stayed with it, to be honest. But I remember um, the uh, the first audit that I did there, um, and basically it was paper file. And I remember I got like five and pages, and there were sort of like long thin page, uh, long thin pages was the sort of the US thing at the time, and uh, got five pages of coaching notes, right? Oh, and and some of them had had a star against them, some of them had two stars against them, and some of them had three stars against them, right? And I said to the 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 man the senior manager that was reviewing it, I said, oh, "So, Mike, what's what's with the stars?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, they're the critical ones. They're the how the hell have you not covered these ones? And these are the absolutely fundamental. And I just don't even know why I'm reviewing this work ones." And I remember after that that session, I, I remember sort of leaving the office, and again it was like two in the morning or something, and thinking, "I've never worked so hard on something." And been and felt so far from actually getting to a result. I was like, I'm not sure this is for me. And I was I was very close to giving up. I, was, I remember okay. walking down again, walking actually walking up Third Avenue, um, actually crying. Right, well, you can imagine it was it was uh, it was really a a, a, a a sort of a pivotal moment for me. Um, and unfortunately, the next job I got onto, the, the the manager was actually an expat um, who had sort of been through it. He was from Northern Ireland, uh, and he was super nice, super kind, super supportive, uh, and and uh, you know walked through the stuff. And and really, that was how I started to really learn the stuff. Yeah, because mm. um, the other the other guy's nice guy, and actually, I, I I'm quite good friends with him now. But um, you know, he was a hard ass, right? Oh, and he, he he wasn't taking prisoners. And it was just some some idiot from the UK that doesn't know what he's doing, and I don't have time for this type New York sort of style, um, <clears throat> and uh, and and that and that sort of saved me, to be honest, because it was very close to me uh, to me leaving, um, and um, and yeah, so that was that was my hardest time. Okay, okay. When you left US, uh, what was your grade like, uh, manager? Uh, yeah, I was actually quite um, um, sort of quite. I say clever i didn't you know basically i i i um on the program uh essentially i i didn't drop a year because i was coming from an outside firm mm. uh, so i went over as a as a uh, senior two right um and uh no senior one actually and then essentially it was like you had three years as senior back then and so i uh, and and so as I went over a senior two, and then I was promoted to manager mm. in New York, okay. right? And then, because when you come from the States, or back then, when you came from the States to Europe, <clears throat> you skipped a year, yeah. right? Mm. So I didn't drop a year going, but I skipped a year coming back. Okay. So I I, 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 I I got promoted to manager in New York, which was actually another of the achievements that I'm very proud of, right? Okay. Um, and, uh, and then I, I basically joined Luxembourg as, a, as, a, as an M2. Right, oh, uh, second year. Okay. so it was. It was. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> and um and uh, um i don't know because maybe we're italians but i was uh food there like did you find a difference from uk or because um, actually funny funny fact like when we ask uh vincenzo because he's been to yeah. us as well it's like uh what was the you know again the toughest thing he has to face he said food there yeah. because uh i don't know he said he went to the superstore and he was like looking for milk and he mm. was saying fresh milk but the expiry date was like in six months i was like how come it's a fresh it's milk, fresh or milk. Or <laughs> 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 some usage of the word fresh that we're not familiar with right yeah. now. <laughs> um how was the food there i i mean i was there on a on a on a very tight budget so actually the the uh, the the pay level you were just being paid as a local right mm-hmm. there was yeah. no no sort of expat deal that i had um and um uh, and so essentially i was um with sort of eat out at mexican and you know tex-mex type stuff mm-hmm. and uh um even indian we wouldn't do indian because it was too expensive um so it was really local stuff maybe italian you know okay. a local italian joint. so it was very local and then you know we'd have deli stuff it, I, I, I don't i don't really remember the food oh, that really, much really. as yeah. being really much of a, a deal it was more you know maybe sort of chicken wings would be quite quite good you get a bucket <laughs> of chicken wings yeah. and watch the watch watch the tv really local, or whatever yeah. yeah it was really it was really american fare and um uh and and even when i go back now it's sort of i i have to say it's one of the things i do miss here is a good mexican Oh really? Yeah. Okay. okay. I uh, well, not that I could probably go to the good Mexican because my wife doesn't like Mexican. So <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't yeah. really help if there was one here, but but uh I I used to really like the uh, the Mexicans and the Tex-Mexes. Um and the uh and then yeah, some super hot chicken wings. Yeah. Um you agreed because yeah. you like hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, and uh, um you were living alone? But in US or you were sharing? Yeah, no, I, was, I sort of moved around a bit, to be honest. I oh. was like, so I started off sharing an apartment with a girl that had come over on the same program. Um, and my girlfriend, or wife now, hated it because she'd call on a Sunday. And, um, and, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, Susan would pick up the phone, right? And my wife, Sarah, was like, what? <laughs> no, no, it was. It was. She knew. She knew, right? But she's like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, we're just in, 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 not in bed, but sort of like in my bedroom, sort of reading the paper together, and she's like, she's in your bedroom on a Sunday morning, and how, how is that? <laughs> yeah. So that was a bit tricky. So I, I, anyway, I shared the apartment with um, with this girl uh, for like uh, first six months or so, um, but then she quit um because it was actually really tough there right so she quit mm. she and, and went back to the uk okay and uh and i'm like well i can't afford the apartment on my own mm. it was actually a pretty nice apartment it was a pretty nice spot it was uh really 56 between first and second so okay. expensive part of town um and uh essentially i was <clears throat> i remember i was down in curacao um doing some you know offshore fund stuff and uh basically got a call from her and said uh, you know i've quit and i'm going back and uh i'm like well i you know what are we going to do and she's like well i've got uh we've got um all our friends they're going to come around and they're going to empty the apartment and uh, they'll look after your stuff but i didn't have any way to live right so we were done on our lease um and uh and, and luckily a friend of mine he'd started dating a girl and he'd moved in with him with her so um he offered me his apartment which is a a studio 
48th between 7th and 8th, so just off Times Square. Mm. And I can tell you, walking back through Times Square <laughs> at 3 in the morning, you see some interesting things. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's uh, mm. Um, so I ended up staying there for, uh, for, you know, six or seven months and then his lease was up. Um, and the thing was at that point I was traveling a lot oh. mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, it's crazy, uh, crazy sort of, um, uh, paying for an apartment cause you know, I'm always traveling. Um, so I ended up sleeping on, uh, on a friend of mine's sofa bed for, for the last nine months of my, uh, of my tour. Oh, and, uh, uh, and it was, and actually, it was, and that was up on the Upper East Side, um, 96 okay. between Third and Lex. And, uh, um, and yeah, that was, and actually, we, he's he now lives in Luxembourg. Oh, oh yeah. no way. Uh, isn't that spooky? Uh, so he was also on the expat uh, uh, sort of tour. And um, uh, he ended up joining Brown Brothers and, and running Brown Brothers here. And now he's sort of, I think he, he sort of is between here and London, I think. Um, and uh, but he's still got a house here in in uh, in Itzig, and um, Jeff Cook, and so we shared. A, I I I took his sofa bed for, for the last nine months, and the the one thing that Sarah will never forgive him for is that's where I started smoking. <laughs> yeah, because he used to smoke, and we'd get back, and we'd he'd have a silly, just have a little ciggy, and yeah. and that's how I picked up smoking uh, at that late age, yeah, sort of late twenties. And, but it was expensive like um when you moved there you said like you were on tight budget and everything was it was hard to find an apartment there like um uh, or the company helped you on this? uh company help they, they 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 put you up for a period of time and um but uh no the program i was on uh, i didn't get any help you were, basically it was a it was sort of you were going in sort of as a local hire so mm. they they covered your expenses for like the first month in a hotel okay. whilst you found somewhere and that's where you're sort of going to Ikea to get the cheap stuff yeah. and whatever. You're having to take it out. I, I, I remember it was really exciting times, actually. It's sort of like finding all these 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 old things that you could take and whatever. Um, but no, you didn't really get a huge amount of help. And and I, I, I've always had a bit of a problem that I'm not very strong administratively. Should we put it that way? And, uh, and so I was traveling a lot, which meant I was on expenses a lot. But I mm -hmm. wasn't great at claiming the expenses so uh ended up like you know and then i you know some of the expenses i missed and whatever so actually i was really um you know ca very cash poor when i came came to luxembourg i was basically um i came owing money <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> so uh, um and uh, luckily uh sarah my wife she's uh she's very good at that stuff she's our banker okay. um and uh, cfo very yeah, <laughs> very much so and she very quickly got me sorted out and um uh we were we were all set and yeah. when you moved in luxembourg you want to ask something no 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 go on go on Sigur? yeah okay and when like uh you moved like to luxembourg uh i think you noticed the difference between New York oh, yeah. and oh, Luxembourg. Yeah. Well, I like, like, I like, I like to say really? that, that Is I, there I, a difference? I did it the right way because the, I, I was um, a bachelor in New York mm -hmm. and then I was a couple and then a family in Luxembourg. And that, that's actually a great way to do it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, it, very different. But, but actually, I mean, it's, um, we very quickly really, really, uh, learn to appreciate uh, Luxembourg, and and the great thing was 
um, as a as a manager at the time, uh, it was it was uh, the moment from a professional side where the uh, mutual fund industry in Luxembourg was really taking off. Mm. Yeah, uh, it was sort of USITs had been there for a few years. It was it was like '94 uh, I came, uh, so the the law had been in place for six years. It was starting to gain some traction. Um, and and in those early days, that that the, the really sort of the real interest was with the um, the non-European players. So it was mm -hmm. the Americans and it was the Swiss, because uh, that was the only way they could get into Europe. Yeah, um, and um, and and so essentially, I was probably going to New York as a manager, right? If you think about this, probably every six to eight weeks. Oh. And um, so I was seeing all my 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 friends oh, again, yeah. I, you know. And you were over on expenses. You go, and I'd do do the tours, and 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 it was, and 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 the other thing was, it's sort of like we have a saying in in England. It's like uh, you know, the one-eyed man is king in the in in the kingdom of the blind, right? Yeah. And 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 so I I sort of came over as like the expert yeah, in yeah. mutual funds, <laughs> and and uh, and and all the stuff was sort of being built here yeah you know the regulation was like a, a, a book that thick and it was yeah. what really you know you, uh, you you learned it very quickly but you know i i knew about you know how funds worked and the complexities and stuff like that and 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 the great thing was that if i didn't know i know i knew who to ask right mm. i had a whole network of people yeah. in the u.s yeah, that yeah. i could sort of say well how does this work over in the u.s type thing yeah um and the great thing was it was the opposite in the u.s so in the US, nobody knew about European regulations, right? So again, I've got this thin little book. I can say, oh, this is how it's done in Luxembourg. And da, da, da. And again, if I don't know, I just know who to ask. But I was always that, like that middle guy that, uh, that yeah. was able to facilitate those discussions. Um, and it was, that was, a, that was a, a great experience, actually. But, uh, so you came as a, as a manager and um, were you expecting to stay that long? Or you, as you said, you said two years, right? You were expecting just to stay. We actually came over um, uh, and I, I was actually, uh, I actually left the firm when I was in New York. So I actually signed to join Chase here in Luxembourg, ah, okay. right? And, um, uh, and I'd actually, I'd gone around the floor and I'd explained to uh, all the partners I've been working with that I was leaving. And actually, it was a very emotional time because I loved Pricewaterhouse. It was an amazing experience in New York. Um, but the thing was, uh, what we wanted, I wanted to come to Luxembourg with Sarah. And um, uh, we, we, couldn't, uh, we were struggling to get Sarah a job in, in Luxembourg or an interview, not even a job, right? Because at the time, I guess, like... It, it was tough. Uh, she was, yeah. Now you're fine with the English, right? But back then, maybe, how was it? Was it... You had to speak French? No, or? no, no, no. I never. You should know, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no. But back then, to find a job here, yeah, without well, speaking French, it was. was um, uh, the, the thing was, it, it was for many companies. It was difficult if you didn't speak French. For Price Waterhouse, it was fine. Ah, Everything okay, was in English. Okay, okay. Everything was in English, mm -hmm. right? Um, it was run from London. It was uh, the Luxembourg okay. office was run from London at the time. So anyway, I, I, I always remember this going in, um, you know, I did this whole tour and I'm sitting there a couple of days later in my cubicle um, and I get a, a call um, and uh, there's a chap on the line saying, uh, uh, yeah, hi, um, my name's Edward Bryant. Uh, I'm the director in charge of human resources in Europe and, uh, um, uh, and I want to talk to you about your return to Europe. 
and, I, and I'm up on 48, can you stop up and see me, right? Uh, and I'm like, oh, well, obviously nobody's told him that I've quit, right? <laughs> anyway, I come in and I walk into this, uh, this, this, this office and he starts laying into me, right? He's like, I'll never forget this. He's like, you know, what are you doing? You have no idea what you're doing. How can you be so stupid? There's so much opportunity uh, with the firm in Europe. Why are you leaving the firm? Da, da, da. And I'm like, who the are you, <laughs> right? I've agonized over this decision. I've made the decision. I'm done, right? And I'd already signed with, with Chase at the time. And anyway, so we, we went uh, back and forth for about an hour or something, and he could see he wasn't getting anywhere. Mm. Um, fair play to him. He really tried. And, uh, and then he, he made an interesting offer, right? He sort of sat there. He says, listen, um, why don't you just go away and think about what the firm needs to do for you to stay with the firm and come back tomorrow and tell me, okay? And I'm like, okay, fair play, right? I'll have a go. And actually, there were two things uh, that, that I had a problem with, right? Firstly, Sarah didn't want to come to Luxembourg. And so she was, uh, she didn't want to have a commitment. So my, the first thing I asked for was a get out of jail free card to go immediately back to London. Now, if it's not working ah, out after six okay. months, we shift back, we've got a job, right? And the second thing I asked for was an interview for Sarah. Okay, give her an interview. If she doesn't work out, that's fine, but at least give her an interview because she's struggling to, yeah. to even get anybody to, yeah. to, to talk to her. I walked in the next day. I said, okay, if you can do this, then, um, then, then, then we'll stay. And he looked at it. He's like, done. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember a, 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 a few years later recounting this story to, to the partner that was my mentor um, at Pricewaterhouse. I was recounting this story. And he looked at me. He's like, that was you? because <laughs> apparently you know the partners in Lux weren't consulted at all I mean it was just like obviously and, and, and this, this, this guy had just got on the phone they'd never heard of him right he's like right this guy's coming to Luxembourg you're, you're giving this lady an interview and by the way if it doesn't work out after six months he can leave and they're like mm. <laughs> but back then that's how Pricewaterhouse works so um, and, and you know it um, it worked out and then I had to make the call to Chase and explain that, yes, okay, <laughs> this is what they came back with. And they said, yeah, we can't give you that. You need to make mm. a commitment for us and, uh, and away you go. So, and the guy at Chase, he's now back here in Luxembourg. And uh, <laughs> he, he reminds me when I see him, it's like, I've still got your signed contract in the drawer, John. Yeah, <laughs> Technically, he, he still works at, at Chase? No, he doesn't now. Uh -huh. He doesn't now. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he kept the uh, the contract anyway. Uh, <laughs> but at the time you 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 said you had a, uh, a child already or No, 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 no. And that was uh, so we came here for 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 2 years. Yeah. And okay. and I would say that um for the first 7 years okay. it was quite touch and go as to whether we stay, right? I mean, basically the career discussions that I'd had with the partners here in Lux meant that you know, it was it was a very fast track here in Lux. Mm -hmm. And to give you an idea, I arrived in June. The following May, I had a conversation with this partner, and basically he said to me, "So thinking, I'm just coming up to manager three at that point." He's basically saying, "Well, I've had a conversation with the other partners, and uh, we think if if you stay in Luxembourg, then then um, 
uh, you'll uh, you'll be a good candidate for partner. Not immediately, obviously, yeah. right? But even having that sort of conversation at that level, it's like yeah. whoa, yeah. right? And that was already a nightmare because we were we were we were like nearly one year in, and Sarah already had the horizon of one <laughs> year to go, and then we're having this agonizing discussion. Um, and it's like, well, it's stupid to leave, right? And, you know, so let, let's carry on in Luxembourg. She was working at the time she was, she was at Pricewaterhouse as well. Ah, yeah, she so she went, she, went and, she went and got interviewed. And, uh, and I, I think they'd sort of disconnected the two. And they're like, wow, yeah, hire her, right? Because she's super smart, um, very good auditor, um, very organized, very, uh, very, you know, all the stuff I'm not, basically. <laughs> she was also like an auditor too. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're a real exciting family. Yeah. <laughs> Live on the edge. Um, but so, so they, they, so yeah, so she was working for, for, for PW as well. And, um, uh, and, and all of a sudden, I remember because when we had this conversation with this partner, we were actually in Bermuda at a conference in Bermuda and he'd taken us out for dinner. And then we were supposed to be, uh, well, we were, we were taking then uh, another sort of week and a half there on holiday. And the holiday was completely trashed because then we were just talking about well, what do we do? What do we do? And you know, da, da. anyway, obviously we stayed. Um, but I would say it was it was, you know, stayed with Sarah very reluctantly staying because it was mm. sort of the right thing to do for us overall. Um, and it was only really when we had children that uh, that Sarah actually converted. She got like, to like yeah. it more and more but she still had our moments and and when we had children because this is such a fantastic place to raise kids yeah um and uh, and it's not i mean it's not just the sort of the environment about it being safe and nice and all this sort of stuff but actually the people really love children here mm. you know you, you I, I remember our daughter um being really upset because um she'd she'd uh, gone back to the uk to you know to visit grandparents and stuff with with uh, with, with sarah and she was in a supermarket and she starts talking to the person doing the checkout um because that's what she does in cactus right and this person just completely ignored her right it's just like who the hell are you little girl just 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 stop and 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 that just i just one of those things that i remember that, that people really like children here yeah and it's a really nice environment to raise children uh, and i think that was the moment when it really converted sarah now she, now i mean we won't leave luxembourg we love luxembourg um so um uh, but it's 27 years, so that's uh, yeah, just as well, really. It's a lot. <laughs> and and uh, your kids, what are, what are they doing now? Uh, so um, my daughter is uh, fourth year of uh, medical school in London. Okay. So she's at Imperial College in London. Um, uh, you know, she yeah, was absolutely. somebody that, that always wanted to be a doctor as she was growing up, uh, wanted to be a surgeon, actually. And... Um, uh, uh that's so that's what she's doing and then my son actually he's um he's in his final year of school again in the uk mm. it wasn't planned like that um but that's that's how it sort of uh, worked out um for various reasons which i won't bore you with um and uh, so he's in his final year in in the uk of school and then we'll see what he does after that mm -hmm. um he's he's an 18 year old boy so he's 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 like his dad no idea what he wants to do right and when you had like um your first kid uh your career was going like really fast also mm. it was like challenging for you as a dad 
but also at the time like uh, to balance off yeah uh, you know. to, to balance uh, your life and everything uh, yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's it's now i'd say firstly um uh, i've been very very fortunate okay uh you know sarah and i basically uh uh took a decision um at a point in time that basically the person that had the biggest potential for career in pw was me mm -hmm. and so she was basically uh um you know i wouldn't say she was supporting me but she was always there for me right and and there was always sort of an unwritten sort of priority if you like um we had children she came back part-time and finding that difficult in terms of balancing because actually it wasn't balancing you know it was always there was always my stuff came first type thing and mm. it wasn't it was just how it was yeah um and um we then st started talking about having a second and so she essentially uh left the firm and and um i basically made partner when we had our first child um and uh and, and honestly um you know she had the experience unlike myself where her mother stopped work when uh when they were born and mm. and looked after the children until they were grown up and then went back to work um and um uh, and and so we always had the or certainly sarah was always very big on one of the parents should be at home okay mm. um and uh and and actually invest in the in the children Education, themselves yeah. right and so that's that's what she's done right and and so she's she's made the sacrifice and it's sort of a, a conversation that, that 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 we've had and you know over the years it's it's been you know sometimes very natural but sometimes quite difficult mm. you know because she, she was uh, as said she was a, by far a better auditor accountant than i was she there's no question she would be a partner today in the firm and a, and a, and a senior partner in the firm if she'd have if she'd have stayed um uh but there's equally no question that i would not be where i am if, if she would have stayed mm. right and, and it, because that balance would have then had to be both of us working through that and and that's fine and that's fine for many people right um but that's not how we we chose to do it um and and so you know i've been very fortunate um with uh, uh with the fact that sarah really she does everything i, I mean I, I joke she's my banker um I struggle in terms of knowing which banks we have right? <laughs> relationships. She really looks after all of that and all of the stuff at home. Uh, and it's not because that's what she loves to do, right? It's because that's sort of the, the, the deal that we have. But I would say that the, um, the, the biggest challenge, therefore, that, that uh, we've worked through over the years in terms of my workload and, and how we sort of operate traveling all the time and so never there and uh, you know when i was there you're catching up on everything so i was never at home and you know it's very hard um the 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 biggest thing that we found was making time for us mm. because you know when i was there and normally you know i'd be sort of like if i'm home i never work at home right it's like i i'm in the office i work i'm at home i'm at home i'm not checking email you know if someone calls me on my mobile that's different but um and uh so you sort of you know i had that sort of split anyway but essentially where we started to find ourselves is 
my life was work and kids, mm-hmm. right? As they were growing up. And one of the things that we did, and actually I always offer this advice to um, you know people I, I see with, with young families, um, one of the things that we did was we basically said, we have to make sure that we have time for us. For mm-hmm. And you can do it in different ways, but what we did was we did date night every Friday. So every Friday, we'd go to the same restaurant, same taxi driver, same babysitter, uh, probably the same meal, right? <laughs> and 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 the, the the and we did try other restaurants, but actually we always ended up coming back to the same same place because the point was it wasn't about going out and having a nice dinner; it was actually about going out and being together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, you know, because it was the same restaurant. You, you, you didn't have to worry about the food or the service or or anything because it was all it was all just the same. Just mm-hmm. focus on you, you and your wife. You focus on on the conversation uh. and catching up. And it was, it was and for the for us. Uh, I, I actually think that if we hadn't done that, we might not be together today. Okay. Okay. And I think it's it's actually that start because I think you could very quickly go into very parallel lives, you know. Her life with the kids, my life at work, we sort of overlap with the kids, but actually we're not coming together. Yeah. Whereas each week we remembered why we were together. And 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 they weren't always great nights, right? You know, sometimes you, 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 it'd be very short and quite, hmm, that wasn't a good evening. But because we were doing it every week, it didn't really matter. Yeah, it was there was a cadence to it that 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 really meant that it was um uh, you know, it meant that we could stay connected and stay stay on the sort of same page as a couple. For me, I think that's super important, and I think it's very very easy for young couples with families to forget. Um, and uh, and so, you know, that's that, that's how we sort of manage through the challenge of so the. Do you the think work. that the time off uh, from work and everything, uh, and also the time off that you spend with when you're with your wife is part of your success in this case. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, no question. I, I, it's like um, uh, I, without the support of Sarah, I, 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 there's just no way I'd be here. Well, there is like a saying that says, like I think behind every great yeah. man, there is there's a great, a great there's woman. There's actually there's an even greater woman. Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> that, yes. In my case, that is true. It's, um, and what I, l- I like to say is like next to a great man, not behind, because you know it's like you're doing stuff together. So it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, and and that's know, right. We're um, we have yeah. to be compliant. <laughs> yes. no, but it's true. It's true. I really yeah. believe in it. Hey, tell us three things you like and three things you dislike about your current position. Uh, as CEO, you mean? Um, three things I like. Um, I think one of the one of the best things uh, in my role is that I really I, I, I see the amazing stuff mm-hmm. that we do as a firm. I see the amazing uh, uh, people that we've got, and, and I, I, you know, I uh, prior to this position, I had quite a sort of a narrow uh, remit, which was in the asset management sector. Uh, that was where I was focused, and again. Fantastic people, fantastic clients. I loved it, right? Here, you know, you 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 come into to this role here in Luxembourg, and you see the breadth of what we've got, and you see the energy of the people, um, and 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 the partners that are driving that. 
And it's just such an inspiration. I, I mean, it's just, uh, just, just amazing, right? So I think that for me is, is probably the standout uh, in the role that I am. I'm privileged to be able to see that. Um, I think the, uh, the second piece is the access it also provides me uh, to just, in, uh, you know, incredible people outside. You know, whether that's here in Luxembourg in terms of the, the, the clients or the, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the government or, you know, other, other sort of institutions here. You know, you really, you know, meet, meet uh, some, some of the top people and people that are really, really interesting, right? And, and the ability to actually meet with those and actually feel like you're making an impact in those meetings is great. And also in the network, you, you get to, to very quickly know a completely different you know, type of people in the mm -hmm. network. So I, I think uh, I think uh, that's uh, that's probably the second piece. And then the third piece, uh, probably for me, is the the feeling that um, uh, I, I actually can make a difference. That I can I can I can you know do stuff that makes our firm an even better place to be, and actually. Do stuff that hopefully, do, in its own small way, makes society a better place to be, or you know, helps our, our, our people or helps our clients. You know, it's sort of all that sort of surround sound, but 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 you sort of feel that yeah, I I can really try and make a difference whilst I'm lucky enough to be in this role. The stuff I don't like about this role, there's a lot of detail, um, which I hadn't really. <laughs> Uh, uh, appreciated and and I, I prefer the sort of the the, uh, the 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 title of sort of chief visionary officer or chief executive or chief excitement officer is another thing I've been <laughs> uh, called rather than chief executive officer because there is a lot of stuff that that you have to get uh, you know roll your sleeves up and it's not that I can't do that I'm an auditor that's sort of what we do right but it's just not what I enjoy right um I think the the second piece I don't enjoy is that is that um, you know on the one hand you see the best of people and you see just fantastic things, but on the other hand you also see the worst of people, right? Mm -hmm. And you see you see behaviours that actually you, you shouldn't see in the firm, right? And you need to do something about it. And that's 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 sort of where you know you're sort of disappointed, yeah. And 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 uh, that's uh, that's less fun, I would say. Um, and probably the third piece I don't like about the job is that uh, when I was working with my clients, um, it was quite easy to operate as I described to you in terms mm -hmm. of I'm home, I'm home. I'm at work, I'm at work. I'm on holiday, I'm on holiday. Because I would work that with my clients. My clients would know. And I would know if my clients are, are, are contacting me when they know it's my weekend or on yeah. holiday, I'd know it was important, so it wouldn't be a problem. But I know they wouldn't contact me if it wasn't important, right? So there was that sort of, so I was able to manage that sort of quite well, I think, you know, with my clients and then, then the, 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 the home work thing, right? You become CEO 24-7. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, it's, I've never worked so hard, and I used to work hard nothing like this right and it never stops so i i i mean it's rarely that i'm not working in a weekend right? i have yeah. another question for uh, you actually you know we see you okay not but 
like a semi god, right? So we want to Se- put a semi semi god. We want to put you a bit on the <laughs> on the ground. So some like uh, daily life questions, right? Yeah. Something we should. Fi- I mean, quick, and then um, you tell us. Quick fire. Yeah. Okay. Um, worst habit the, that you have uh, that but you're ashamed of. Smoking. Smoking. Okay. Celebrity crush. Celebrity crush. Um, uh, probably there's an Audrey Hepburn there. There is mm. a um, yeah. yeah. There <laughs> is a uh, and it's it's a bit Cheryl uh, uh, Crow. Um, and there is a Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, would be uh, sort of a mix of those. Yeah. <laughs> quite, uh, quite pleasant. <laughs> Favorite food in the world? Sorry. Food. Favorite food in the world. Favorite food. Um, probably. So, if the, the meal I would have, mm-hmm. if I was, you know, getting executed tomorrow, yeah. what's my last meal? My last meal would be Maryland crab cakes. It would be um, uh, U.S. steak, really big time U.S. steak, okay. cream spinach, onion rings, New York cheesecake, martini, two martinis to start, and a huge bottle of red wine. All right. Uh, so that's that. That would be my my uh my my last supper if you like and actually one of the great things i i hadn't it's obviously haven't done it for a while but when i go to new york yeah um what i try and do is i try and connect with all the people from luxembourg that are on tour there okay so i i i, uh, I take them out for lunch uh on the last and and so I, I love doing it because essentially firstly i catch up with all the people and and it's fascinating to hear hear what they're up to um but we always go to a steak restaurant uh, um, and it's always the last lunchtime before I fly out. So I will have exactly what I've just described to you yeah. for my meal, right? But you wake up the following morning. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they go back to the office. I hop in a taxi and head to the airport. Thank God. Perfect. Actually, for me, whenever I go... Crush, you know. uh, yeah. Whenever I go to UK, for me, it's Nando's. Nando's. Nando's, I love it. No, really? you don't? I've been once. And? I've been once and I'm like, no? it's chicken yeah. and it's quite dry but we don't we uh, don't have it in uh, mainland what so, chicken you know? no no nando's <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's chicken i mean how, uh, i okay i don't get it i mean it must be huge uh, it must be really really appreciated maybe it's a millennium thing i don't yeah. know and maybe i just had a bad sort of just a just a it was experience. just a chicken i mean i just didn't see what people saw in it i was quite excited to go and try it i actually know one of the uh you know one of the private equity guys here that owns oh, owns okay. nando's so i was sort of said oh we should go in and try it um but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> fair enough uh favorite book do you have one uh lord of the rings I like it. I Amazing love it. book. Okay. I, yeah, and actually, probably uh, if 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 there's any Tolkien watchers out there, and by this time I'm not sure there are going to be any watchers out there at all, but uh, <laughs> um, probably the the Silmarillion, which is the book that yeah, is sort before. of before yeah. before the Lord of the Rings. Uh, first app you open in the morning on your phone? Um, it's uh, Espresso, which is the um, um, it's a daily. Uh, um, like a daily news thing from mm-hmm. uh, the economist ah okay okay it's actually no i i read the times yeah over breakfast and then when i get into the office i have a coffee and a 
You're checking around. Um, uh, and read the uh, the Espresso app from The Economist, which is excellent, by the way. I would yeah. highly recommend it. it okay. Basically, it is three or four minutes, and you've got express, uh, Economist insights on all of the key stories of the day. Okay, cool. And some interesting, funky stuff as well, like The Economist likes to do. Um, if it wasn't what you're currently doing, what do you think would be your current profession? Um... Wow. Well, I mean, the job I went for at 16 was uh, to, to work as a navigation officer on an oil tank. Okay. Right? Yeah. So potentially I would be the captain of an oil tanker in, um, in, uh, uh, in one of these big uh, – or a captain of a ship. A ship, yeah. uh, Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, I also had – I. When I was at university, I sort of almost went into the police force. And oh, okay. Obviously, my dad was a policeman, and um, and even when I was training as an accountant, I sort of thought, well, maybe the, sort of the forensic sort of uh, uh, police type side of things might be quite interesting as well. Um, uh, but yeah, so maybe police, maybe merchant navy. Teach me something I don't already know. Teach, a, teach, teach, teach you something that I don't that you don't already know. Um, I will, I could teach you how to make the perfect beef stroganoff. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not going to teach you yeah. now, right? Yeah. But I could, I could, oh, I could tell you right now. How do you right know now. that I don't already know? You're Italian. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> from Napoli, so. Okay, okay, okay. From Napoli. Oh, you're from Napoli? Yep. Oh, we love um, Capri. That's yeah. uh, fabulous. I could teach you the best hotel room to stay in in Capri. Wait, wait, maybe I know. Um, it's like on the top with the view on the Faraglioni. It's at, uh, I don't remember the name. Which? Uh, well, the one that we go to is Hotel Tiberius, no. uh, which isn't the one. Uh, there's another one which not we've not been to, but I tell you, this phenomenal. Tiberius to Capri. is called Tiberius. Tiberius, yeah, Tiberius, Tiberius okay. Hotel. Okay. That's, um, so, um, final one. Picture this. You have to go to dinner at a table of four and you can bring three people, right, from any time, so in the past or right now, in the present, from anywhere in the world. So who would you pick? You um, probably Winston Churchill. Okay. Would be, uh, would be one. Um probably probably einstein it'd just be fascinating to 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 um share with him and probably somebody like a a jobs or a gates somebody that 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 you know is really just yeah. just a complete inspiration on the on the business side um and i know there's there's i'm i'm out of i'm out of <laughs> out of uh, things but i think something like a um uh, i don't know if it would be a, a gandhi or somebody like that that's really got a, that that existential yeah. sort of uh, view of uh, a bit Jesus, of maybe a bit Jesus of philosophy would be quite cool yeah yeah jesus would be quite good first take right Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I'm not sure if they'd, uh, Gandhi wouldn't be, able, he yeah. wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be able to eat the steak. So he's off, right? <laughs> um, Churchill would be there with the champagne and the brandy. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Nice, nice. Okay. okay. 
You let me get back to my weekend now, do you? Yeah. Okay. Or are you? Are you? Uh, you have one last question? Or I just I thought you said uh, that no, was your no, last no. question. No, like um, uh, no, we, we 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 can ask you like uh, how was it? Uh, did you like it? Uh, you. Uh, the interview, like uh, chatting to a couple of fun Italian guys who actually don't mind listening to all my boring stories. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Doesn't get much better. Thanks a lot for coming, John. Ah, pleasure. And it was a pleasure, really. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. And see you in the office. You got it. Okay. <laughs> ciao, Thanks ciao. Connecting with you on Monday, right? Exactly. Yes. There we go. Big news as well. So uh, tune yeah. in. Tune Thank in, you. Yeah. All righty. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank Appreciate you, really. it.